0: It's time for governance by grace. Welcome to Grace Archie with Jim Babka. Governance by Grace. Governance by Grace and who dangles the biggest carrot? How about that? Can we amend it just for one show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I could use a couple million dollars, so you yeah, know, maybe a couple million. maybe, you know. So the way I understand this, so Joe Rogan. Um, is offering to give 2 million bucks to the charity of choice, right? Of the winner of a debate that he wants to host on his show. Do I have that right?
1: Well, close. So he initially offered a hundred thousand in this situation. And then, uh, after other people had heard about this, they started crowdfunding campaign got it and 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 there are some very big names uh that have uh put their names in in the hat said count on me to throw in and last last i heard that was up to two million dollars okay i've confirmed news report here of six hundred thousand dollars
0: okay well you know going up is good yes is going to benefit from this whatever the
1: ngo is yeah it's to the charity of peter dr peter hotez's choice
0: right so dr hotez is one of the debate uh should we call them candidates? Uh, one of the debaters. who's the other one? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy. right. And uh, famously, uh, capable of debating anything but the facts, right? So Robert Kennedy is
1: was on Joe Rogan's show uh, and 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 that's the source of this. Yeah, he appears on the show. There's a, a journalist that writes, I think it was for the Atlantic. And Peter Hotez retweets her article where she's critical of uh, vac- what she called uh, misinformation or vaccine information, misinformation, right? Yeah. that is saying that that Rogan is continuing a pattern of being dishonest in the midst of all this. No, wait a minute, hold on a second here. So Joe Rogan is dishonest. Yes, yes. Right. and his show so and P- and doc- just by the way, Dr. Peter Hotez's position, his official position on misinformation, Uh, related to uh, viral matters is that people should be canceled and Homeland Security should be involved in the question. That is his official position. Like they should arrest people.
0: He has no official position. He's standing on an iceberg in bare feet, man. and sliding downhill. Yeah.
1: So that's his, 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 that's actually his official position. Now this is an interesting irony of all of this. Dr. Peter Hotez has been on Joe Rogan's show twice as a guest.
0: Okay. So there's credibility here, right? We're, we're offering
1: him credibility. So he has, uh, so for people who don't know him, he's kind of a minor figure in, I don't know if you remember when OJ was on trial, that there were all these basically media celebrities that were invented during that era. And basically if you were watching cable news during the, the aughts, you, there were, I don't know, there were probably 15 people that had shows or panels or regular guests that came directly from that era. Like that, yep. that was, that was the new cycle every day. OJ all the time, you know, yep. man, I, you know, <laughs> it seems so petty at the time, but would, wouldn't it be cool if that was actually the biggest story in a way? I mean, it's just like, we've got other stuff that's like much worse and much more confrontational going on right now. And, and that's, so they came out of that area. So he's like that. He's like a COVID Demi-celebrity. He's like a B-lister, maybe even a C-lister, okay? And he makes regular appearances on MSNBC and a few other places. He did appear on CNN. He did appear on Fox News. He was getting opportunities to do this. He is a pediatrician who has specialized in childhood immunization issues. That's that's his background. And he's come on Joe Rogan's show twice. So I, I think it's wrong to say to Joe, you can only have me on. Like, you know, you only are allowed to hear from me. Uh, If you have anybody that disagrees with me on, then you're a bad guy. Like, wait a minute. You were on my show, right? I mean, that's so he retweets this tweet and Joe responds the following way. You ready? Yeah, hit me. He says, can we have lemonade? No kidding. Joe says, listen, Peter, I'm going to do two things for you. I'm going to let you come on the show and debate. I'm going to give you $100,000 for appearing. With RFK. And I'm, and secondly, and this is the important thing, I'm going to give you no time limit. There's no time limit to this thing. We will sit and talk for as long as it takes for us to get at the truth together, right? RFK in one chair, you in the other. Let's do this. And that number has grown to 2 million. It's 2 million for his private charity, but Joe started off putting his own skin in the game. Yep. I'm going to be saying a couple things, I suspect, today from a Nassim Taleb. Uh, Black Swan, anti-fragile perspective here. That's one of the concepts, right? Skin in the
0: game, right? Well, before before we get started on all of that, um, that's our move. Lemonade is our thing. So, Joe, if you're listening, we'd appreciate a little uh, a little less than shade over here for offering people lemonade. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, listen. Uh, you know, if if he wants to, I would love to go on his show. That would be a hoot. I could actually sit and talk fighting with him too. Although I haven't kept up with it as much the last two years as I was previously. But I, I, I uh, um, I, I, he, he would be a treat to talk to.
0: I, I have questions about comedy. I would ask. It'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. He seems like a fun host. Yeah, but in, but in this case, so I, I can see his point. He's bringing on uh, Doctor Hotez, who is like the slippery slope of all vaccine. uh Scientists, and he's bringing on Bobby Kennedy Jr., who, according to this New York Times article anyway, by Fahid, um, uh, no, Fahad Manju, do I have that right? Fahad Manju, Fahad Manju. I'm reading my scribbled notes here, guys, so bear with me. Um, who uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr., who also has trouble with the facts. Um, this could be an interesting show, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would prefer it was two other people, right? Risk, we rarely yeah. get what
1: we we rarely in these situations when these when a moment like this hits, we rarely get exactly what we want. Like we have maybe an ideal spokesman we'd like to see representing. And in fact, right. I would like to see two ideal spokesmen. I'd like to see the most steel manned, rigorous discussion possible. Uh these are the these are two, let's just be blunt about it, very flawed vessels coming to this uh to this moment. However, I'll take what I can get because what we have not had up to this point is an honest acknowledgement of what has happened in this country over the last few years. The establishment has said proactively, proscriptively, your life should be the following ways. This is how your life will be. You'll be locked in your home. You'll be, uh, uh, you have to wear a mask. You have to shut your businesses down. You have to get this vaccine or you can't keep your job. We are even looking at taking your phone and turning that into a passport, which will prohibit you from being able to get in certain places. And private actors did indeed utilize that technology and begin yep, implementing it. California did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, this was this happened all over the place. It happened in New yep. York. It happened on a bunch of places. So the idea that your freedom of association, your freedom of movement, your freedom of speech, your freedom, actually more freedom of press in this case, that these things could be limited. Uh, by edict. This wasn't even done by law. And it was being driven by guys like Dr. Peter Hotez. They all look like him. They all have the same type of pedigree, basically. Although I will give him some credit because he actually is a practicing pediatrician. Like He's actually in the field. A lot of the people that were doing this are in something called public health, which does not exist. There is no such thing as public health. Um, everybody, either you're sick or you're not, I'm sick and I'm not, if you're sick, that doesn't mean I'm sick. Right. I mean that it, it, it doesn't compute. Okay. Doctors meet patients. That's what they do. And none of this was handled And there are two things missing in this entire thing. We covered this in a previous episode where we talked about the uh, pandemic. We talked about forgive and forget. If you recall pandemic, forgive and forget. Yep. We were not treating individuals as individuals and we were not looking at the complete long-term effects. And so on the latter, I argued that we needed economists. And on the former, I argued that we should trust doctors. And if those two things had been done, if economists had been in the room with these public health officials and real doctors had been allowed to practice as they saw fit with their patients, I say to you with firm conviction that there would have been far fewer deaths in America. I agree. And yes. we would Local not have had storage. the economic consequences that we are presently experiencing. I agree. And yes. which are about to get significantly worse.
0: Yes, significantly. Uh, it's it's happening already, people. Look at the stories about commercial real estate and who old, owns the mortgages on empty office towers, and you'll start to get a feel for where the banking crisis is headed. But that's a different show. Yep. It's different. So l- let's meet Dr. Peter Hotez. Anything you oh, want to yes. say about him before I roll this clip?
1: <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, that he should, that he should agree to this debate that he, sh- that in fact, I actually believe based on what you're about to see, which is heavy on satire, but includes him really saying the things that he said, um, you know, we're going to have a little fun with this, uh, with this clip, but he actually should in all seriousness be in, take advantage of this debate. I'm, I am I'll, I'll make a case for why
2: one of the things that we're not hearing a lot about is the unique potential safety problem of coronavirus vaccines. And then
1: something changed.
2: Any vaccine released by emergency use authorization by the FDA is an outstanding uh, vaccine. J&J's vaccine has a risk of
1: life-threatening blood clots.
2: When you hear the beep, that's the sound of safety. So don't overthink it. Uh, they're they're both really good. Vac- they're all really good vaccines. Get vaccinated now. You got to call now. If you wait, uh, it's going to be really too late to protect your child. If
0: this was your child, what happens next could make it the worst day of your life.
2: So even though COVID poses zero threat to healthy children. Vaccinate your children. Do the right thing. Be safe, and not sorry. I'm strongly recommending for adolescents to get their two doses of vaccine and fully immunized after those two doses. Advanced technology that can help save lives. This is going to be a long-lasting vaccine. A long-lasting vaccine. A few moments later. We're seeing that two doses is not holding up well for emergency room visits. It's not holding up well for hospitalizations. Here we go again. Everyone's going to need a booster. You need that third immunization. Triple the amount. Get that third immunization. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three dose vaccine. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three dose vaccine. I've always said this is a three dose vaccine. I've always said this is a three dose vaccine. This is a three dose vaccine. But I'm not done yet. That third immunization. The problem is it's not holding up. So we may have to look at sort of innovative solutions. Oh God, not this again. A fourth immunization, oh just just to keep them to keep them going, to keep the country uh, going. We have to consider some out of the box things. A fourth immunization,
0: fourth, a
2: fourth immunization, get that second boost, a second boost to keep the country uh, going. I've made that recommendation. A fourth immunization,
0: but I'm still not done. One
2: semester later, unfortunately, the numbers are starting to trend up again. So the hospitalizations are up, and so the most important message that I have this morning is get your new bivalent booster.
1: Uh, Willie and Lee's were saying they got their booster, and I was like, "Oh, I need to get mine." And then I found out they—they're talking about the third shot, and. Is that the bivalent, or is it the fourth booster, or does it matter? Like,
2: don't worry so much about the number of. There's no wrong way to use it. You have to get it. This new bivalent booster. You can double or triple stack them. The new bivalent one is is doing a much better job. You, you have to get, get a booster. booster. Yeah. You need to get this new bivalent booster. That bivalent booster for COVID. But does everyone ages 12 and older need a booster? The answer is yes. 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 And by the way, if you're over 50 and have gotten two boosters, and more than four, two or th- two to four months out, you're going need a third booster as well a fifth immunization Five. I don't think we're going to need an annual booster like flu Eventually. Dr. Hotez supports yearly boosters just like flu but
0: I'm still not done
2: it looks as though the boosters are not holding up quite as well as we'd like Um, and 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 I think our think thinking is going to change and that what's going to happen is every you know few months we may need another booster
0: Uh, 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 uh.
2: perfect results each and every time you know we just couldn't not overcome that massive disinformation. Oh,
0: oh my lord, Jim! <laughs> when does it ever stop? It's like a comedy show.
1: Yeah. Uh, so there's a you know the the moment that jumps out to me the most in that whole thing is is right when Kevin Hart comes on the screen. You, you, he literally gaslit everybody. Yeah. Like like I never said you you never heard me say I never said what we just of course heard him say. Because yep. most people don't walk around, they weren't paying attention to him yeah. and keeping the clips, right? I mean, yep. in this day and age, we've got the receipts. Yep. And, and and previous to this video, all kidding aside, he was the same on masks. He he, he was just the same guy on the mask question. He was just yes. the same guy on the lockdown questions. Like everything that was part of the establishment line he was for.
0: He's totally and, transparent.
1: And, and he didn't stop there. He wanted punishment, literal punishment of people who dissented from the official line. He actually called for and advocated the use of homeland security as one of the options. There had to yeah, be this, some method that because the methods they were
0: using were not causing people to shut up. This is where it gets scary for me because uh, this is America. Hello, just in case anybody was wondering. Uh, we do have certain fundamental natural rights here and from someone who was raised in a religious background that had the ability to exclude itself from medical treatment vaccinations hospitalizations by law it is amazing to me that here we are in 2020 or whatever we were in where we're where we're legitimately removing those liberties from american citizens legitimately and I'm saying that not because it's the right thing or because it's legal, but because the government felt that it could do it based upon its concern for public safety, whatever that might be, and then threaten us with coercive force if we didn't do it. Why don't we just leave us alone? Hey, if we're not going to do it, we're going to die. Right. According to the government's idea, isn't so that coercive force enough?
1: It, it is. It is. And and it's wrong, like on its and face. It's so every time yeah. This this is really fundamental. This is really fundamental. fundamental. There's so many things to say here, but this is really fundamental. The principle of human respect, which we also covered in a previous episode, and we'll put both of the episodes we've referenced so far in the show notes, right? The principle of human respect says that happiness, harmony, and prosperity always decline when people are coerced, stolen from, or physically harmed, like if you initiate force against them. And the law, the entire law and the use of it, the way it was used this during this pandemic, which wasn't we didn't have Republican representative government throughout much of this. We had emergency orders being uh, being dictated by unelected officials and by governors. And and uh, and I would consider Mr. Hotez a part of this class. Um, He has relationships um, with people uh, Close relationships with people in the in the vaccine community. His he he'd he already written right? a book, he, right? He
0: yeah he he'd got he'd written the
1: Bible on this, for some yeah. people. And by the way, to counter a guy named Kennedy, in part, yes. So so here you've been, uh, and I want to get into why he should debate, but th- let's start at the most fundamental level and say that it is wrong to coerce, and that it is obvious to me that the coercion has had a backfire effect. Yes. Okay. Big time. The head of Bayer stands up and says, It was brilliant marketing, you guys. Brilliant marketing when you decided to label this thing a vaccine. We all know it's not a vaccine, but it was brilliant marketing because it helped get more people to trust it and take it. Right. Now, if vaccine hesitancy goes up following this event, who do we pin the responsibility on? Well, it's very clear to me where the media wants to go with this. They want to say that all the people who've seen what just happened, should not believe their lying eyes they cuz the thing about watching hotels go through that video is you 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 realize that everything that he was saying was undone by by his previous statement or vice versa let's say it the other way let's say that he said something today tomorrow it was no
0: longer true yep and there's never an apology for this no he never comes out and says hey even to say, you know what, it's not, I, I'm real sorry. It's not going to take two. We're going to need a third. We're going to need a booster. I'm so sorry. This is the way it's gone. Anything like that doesn't exist. It doesn't come being, out of the cross. Being a crony of the state means never having to say you're sorry. There you go.
1: Being a crony of the state means never having to say you're sorry. And he's going to be damned if he's going to apologize. There's just no way. And if he has to come on and he has to debate somebody who actually has the chops to go toe-to-toe with them, and that is Bobby Kennedy. If he actually is going to debate somebody who can come on who's going to have his own set of facts to counter those facts, right? He's actually studied. Like, he's willing – Peter's a gracious guy. He's willing to come on Joe Rogan's show again, even though he's insulted Joe and he's been on there twice. I'll oh, come on your show again, Joe. Just not with Bobby, right? Right? Because Joe Rogan isn't living in this world day to day. So he knows that he has a conferred advantage of being able to minute manipulate, excuse me. That was easy for me to say. Yeah. He knows that he has a conferred advantage of being able to manipulate the conversation in a direction that will favor his outcome. He knows that. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. I'm telling you this is somebody who's done, I don't know, a thousand interviews in my career has done talk radio. I mean, I know, I, I know how to do it, right? This is not, if you, if you're the only guest and you're meeting with your host, you almost always have a knowledge imbalance with that host. It, the interview, the thing that's difficult about an interview is knowing enough to ask good questions of your subject. Right. That is very difficult. I'm, I'm pleased to say that a couple of the guests that have come on this show have come back to say, wow, I haven't been through an interview like that before. Very you true. really were prepared. Um, This is why I'm hesitant to get guests on, because I want to make sure that I really maximize the outcome. I want to ask them really good questions. So that usually is the case. You don't have that ability. Joe's going to give him two hours, three hours, three and a half hours to talk, and he'll be able to say whatever he wants. That's not going to happen with Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy is going to not only, he's going to be able to do two things. He's going to be able to argue because he's got a natural ability as a lawyer, and and he's got his own opinions and so forth that differ. He'll be able to argue effectively, but he's also going to have his own set of facts. And it turns out that all those facts don't come from invented places necessarily. They're actually science. So now who's right and who's wrong here? Like, I don't want to put a thumb on the scale. I just simply want the argument to happen. I don't want to say Peter Hotez is right. Although, you know, I probably have tipped my hand by sharing with you the fact that, like, look at what he just did, right? Right. They're clearly, there's there's a credibility problem on his side, but we all know about Bobby Kennedy's credibility problem. That's been well, well uh, articulated. Yes, And in fact, the media would prefer that he not even have a place in this race. They don't want him in, the, in any kind of debates, and there are not going to be any debates on the Democratic side as of now. They've all been canceled. They don't want him, they're not covering him, and they're mad. They're absolutely aggravated that he's getting an opportunity to come on the podcasting world, because they were the gatekeepers. You had to come through us, and we already decided you shouldn't be running. So what are you doing running?
0: Well, we talked about the regime media, too, and their influence over things is waning. Clearly, this is another case of that. So other than Joe Rogan gaining from this debate, if it happens, and the MPO who's going to get the money, what does Bobby Kennedy stand to gain from this debate? Well, first off, I think Bobby Kennedy, whether
1: you think he, I don't, I don't, okay. I think Bobby Kennedy's a professional blowhard. Now I'm a professional blowhard, maybe too. Like there's a certain degree with which I do think there's some things he's doing or he's starting to act like a politician right now, but he has a established career in two areas in particular. And, and one is the vaccination area arena. Right. And he's opposed to mandatory childhood vaccinations. He's not opposed to vaccinations, to be clear. He's opposed to mandatory childhood vaccinations. And um, which is now novelly, the dictionary was rewritten to say that that's anti-vax. Maybe he is. But anyway, uh, and and the environment. Those are his two areas. He's, a, he's, a, he's an environmentalist. And you know, he is not talking as much about his environmental positions during this campaign because of the the line that he's trying to walk on these podcasts and trying to uh, get people to cross over from. He clearly wants people who are not Democrats to cross over and vote in the primaries next year. He needs that uh, because the Democratic Party, the establishment Democratic Party is satisfied uh, with another four years of or another one, or however many months they manage to get out of you know Joe yep. Biden before he yep. falls over. Yeah. So they're satisfied with that because they know the people that are still pulling the strings. They're basically Obama era people. It's some of the same people are pulling those strings. They know who's really running the show, and so they're comfortable with that. They they have an establishment track going. So his his insurgent campaign needs to uh, need will need some crossover. So he's being careful. He is being a polit- politician right now. He's being careful what he talks about, how he says it, and what he says. Uh, he even showed up at a Bitcoin conference. He showed up at the most prominent Bitcoin conference as a, as a speaker. He is trying to definitely cross lines and bring some of the people in. So he's not talking about the environment as much during this campaign, even though it's probably the issue that he cares about the most. But he is talking about the vaccine issue because. Now he has a chance to expose what he knows about or what he believes he knows about vaccines and what he knows about Anthony Fauci, which is what uh, the subject of his last book was.
0: But time out, time out here a second, because it's not the Biden administration that needs to be exposed on this.
1: Well, every, you know, he's getting as much publicity as possible. And every time he goes out and makes these messages, he's going to get more publicity. Sure. I'll give you that. Peter Hotez is very much, uh, I don't have, I have no idea how Peter Hotez votes. But let me just tell you two things. Peter Hotez was completely consistent with the Democratic Party line uh, that was going on throughout this pandemic. Right. And number two, his most frequent set of appearances by far were on MSNBC, which is the Democrat cable network. Yep. So uh, he's comfortable in that environment. That's who he appears to be. Um, And I think that it is really unfortunate that... uh, There are people who will want and be rooting for for Bobby Kennedy, and there are people who will be rooting for Peter Hotez in this discussion, and what they should be hoping to root for is the truth.
0: Yes. Okay. So can either of these guys get, I mean, Bobby Kennedy's got more actual factual information here than Peter Hotez does. Oh Trust no, me, I'm not I'm not gonna say
1: that. No, no. I, I just think on this particular question, Peter has not been honest. His his lack of uh, we just played the clip. He's not been honest on this particular question. But if I I, I think it's inevitable in the open form that Joe's going to allow to occur and the way that these two guys would end up interacting with each other, that they're not gonna just stick to the, the COVID situation. They're gonna end up opening the door to childhood vaccinations. And yes. this is the area where uh you would basically have the best. This is a, this is a practicing pediatrician countering a guy who says that this is, that this is, the vaccines are most deadly or dangerous to children, especially young children. And, and so let them lay their facts out in front of each other. What has not been done, what has not been done up to this point is that Bobby Kennedy has not really gotten his public day in court. And he's getting it now through podcasts. But I would argue that there's even been some degree to which he's not gotten it because the people that are interviewing him are not up to the degree to which they would need to challenge him. And by the way, as a debater, there is, he does have one fatal flaw. He's not going to watch this podcast so I can reveal this. He has one fatal flaw. He has a bad temper. Um, he takes what he's saying very personally. Like I said, he buys his own bull. He, he, he will, it is possible. I don't know enough about Peter Hotez, but it is possible. It's not hard to get under Bobby Kennedy's skin. So I, I but, so these are not the perfect vessels I would choose for this, but this is the moment. Can I say why I think Peter Hotez Yeah. should yeah, take
0: this? I'm, I'm curious what your, you know, what your perspective, what we hope to gain from this other than an airing of a uh, some very important facts have yet to come to light and be discussed publicly. What else are we looking so, for? So, so, so this is the New York times position.
1: Oh, right. Yes. Okay. And, 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 and Farhad Manju wrote it, but it, it could have been anybody over there that wrote this article. And he's arguing that Bobby Kennedy is a guy who disregards facts, but we just watched a clip and saw that Peter Hotez is a guy that disregards facts. Sure. So we are going to have a, we're gonna have two people here. Who are not on a full quest for the truth. I would prefer, for example, if it was John Campbell. So John Campbell is a UK uh, guy who's become very big on YouTube, who started off in the camp that was wanting to do all of the things the establishment was doing, thought it was necessary. And as he kept pursuing the truth and observing the science and, lo- and looking at the data, he gradually moved to the point that now he recognizes that all of this was a farce, all of this was a scam, all of it was dangerous. All of it is bad outcomes. And worst of all, they keep, when, when we start getting pieces of, of data and we start saying, look at this, they go, oh, we better turn that piece of data off. That they keep hiding the information. I would rather have an honest broker like John Campbell sitting in that seat explaining how he came to his position, challenging somebody like Mr. Hotez and going through his stuff because he knows his stuff, right? I'd rather have an honest guy like that. And on the other side, I, I don't think I would want Peter Hotez either. I'd like to have somebody who, you know, is capable of maybe changing their mind if they hear a fact that corrects it. It is the gaslighting is especially appalling, right? Um, that says something about character that's that's really not good. So I would like to see people who maybe are more serious, uh, who are more humble, who uh, have shown ability to change their mind when new evidence arrives sitting on either side of this debate and beginning to have this discussion with one another. Peter Hotez should say yes for two, for number one, there's $2 million on the table. Okay. Pick a charity that's going to upset the heck out of RFK. Give that money to that charity and take the offer. So RFK has to go in knowing that that a charity he cannot stand is getting $2 million. Pick one that does something on childhood immunization, if you wish. Go ahead. You've got $2 million with which to play. Second, Farhad Manju's number one argument in here about disregarding facts, his number one argument is that when he had to debate Bobby Kennedy on a completely unrelated issue where Bobby Kennedy was clearly in the lunacy area. Yep. Bobby Kennedy was an election denier in 2004. That's the modern term. They didn't have that term back then. Yep. Um, uh, but he was part of a group of people that said that, uh, John Kerry was cheated here in Ohio and, uh, he should be the president of the United States. And it was an organized cabal and it had to do with voting processes, machines, and, and various, uh, legal people in, in, in public office, keeping blacks from being able to vote, et cetera, et cetera. And he had basically put together a conspiracy theory because Bobby's good at that to say that, um, his, uh that John Kerry had been cheated out of the election in 2004. And Far- Farhad ended up debating him. But Farhad went on a show on public radio or wherever it was. I think it was public radio. And it had a time limit because that's how things worked before we had podcasts. Joe's most important part of his offer, this alone should be worth the price of admission. The uh, In fact, let's just put this on the table too. It is the largest audience in America today. Yes. Okay. Like there's NFL football. There's more people that view that. Okay. But if we take NFL football off the table, like you want to go to any news show, any commentary program, any discussion of any kind in this country, the largest show where that happens is Joe Rogan. Yeah. And then he said, no time limit, no time limit. He explicitly said it in the tweet. No, I'll give you a hundred thousand and no time limit, a hundred thousand and no time limit. So you're going to get paid. He's not offering to pay Bobby Kennedy to come. He's offering to pay Peter Hotez to come. And they're saying, we can't do this. Now, I want to say, I want to steel man their position and say, you're right. Because I I thought very hard as we were coming to do this episode. Does every crank deserve an opportunity to to come on my microphone? Would, would Would I owe somebody a debate? Just because they disagreed with me and they threw out a public challenge, right? And the answer is no. And Peter Hotez didn't owe anything to Bobby Kennedy either, except number one, he sent out a tweet criticizing the fact that he was on a show and saying and accusing Joe Rogan of spreading misinformation, a show that he had twice himself been on. So he already threw the first stone. What Joe is responding to is, okay, you're saying I did this wrong. I'm going to give you the opportunity to come in here and make it right. He doesn't have the right to say no. He already threw out the challenge. He's the one that initiated this challenge. Yep. Yep. But if you take it, if you add on top of that, the money, you add on top of that, the unlimited time to speak, you add on top of that, the size of the audience, anybody within their right mind would want to do it if they really believe their case. And you know what? I know Bobby Kennedy believes his case but I don't believe Peter Hotez believes what he's saying. I don't think the people in the establishment any longer believe what they're saying. I think they recognize that most of what just was played in that video, they've got they've got pastiche excuses for it, but they recognize the truth of it, and they don't want to have that
0: discussion. Yep. It's embarrassing. Right. And, and Hotez, Dr. Hotez, by not agreeing to this, is in, virtually admitting that he is in the wrong on this, that he knows that he's full of it. There you go. There right. You go. Yep. How, what other conclusion can you draw? I don't think there is another conclusion. There draw. isn't one.
1: And this there is isn't. and and I'm this is this is where the angry notes start to come. Right. How yes. dare I say such a thing? Right. But I think I've been pretty fair and balanced to him throughout this thing. I think I've allowed. Him, I've I've said he should go. I actually think I even gave him a technique he could use to beat Bobby Kennedy. I explained. Yep. He's 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 written the book on childhood immunization. I I know he has facts. I know he's capable of debating. I know he can come in there. I know Joe Rogan is going to make sure that fair play happens. We know this. We've had enough chance to observe it already. Right. I know that that the both guests are going to be treated with respect and are going to be given time to talk. They're both going to be given time to talk. And so if if you know, one of the things that Bobby does in these situations because of the time limit is he does the Gish Gallop. You remember us talking about the Gish Gallop? Yep. So he will, this is a conspiracy theory uh, tactic. They will throw so many things out there and then they will come back and say, well, you just sound angry and you're this and that. And they don't have to actually deal with, they throw so many things you can't possibly deal with them and they don't have to deal with the stuff you came back in response because you're sputtering and you're talking super fast, trying to get as many things as you possibly can and it doesn't work, right? You you feel like you lost when it's all over because you needed three or four times a month. Well, you know what? Peter Hotels can say, wait a minute. Joe, um, you asked a question, but he actually said four different things. And I'd like to take each one of those four things in
0: order, if we could, please. There you go.
1: And he's going to get the time to do that because that's what this new medium finally offers. Yep.
0: We're way outside the soundbite here. We can can still spend the time. And he still says no. He still says no. I I want him to debate. That's what I want. I, I,
1: I want him to debate. I want this debate. If this is the best debate we can get. Now, let's let's bring this into the big picture. Let's talk about the rest of us. Why does this matter to all of us? Yeah. It matters to all of us because we all lived through this experience. And, and, and nobody from the establishment has come back and said, and nobody that's been at the top levels has come back and said, I was wrong. I apologize. In two administrations now. Yep. Yep. Because by the way, the first administration knew before they left they we now know they knew where the, the lab the, about the lab leak we, we yep. they, they even knew the names of the of patient zero the three patient zeros they knew it was who and right i mean they knew that it was these three guys okay so uh I, the
0: ben who is the one i remember um because who was first <laughs> um so two administrations knew about this before for today. So this is not this. I mean, I hate to call it a cover up, but I don't know what other, what other words are better, right, Jim?
1: No, it's there's there's a lot of stuff here that it does appear to be cover up. And, and, and what should happen in the interest of science, in the interest of if you do believe that vaccines are good and healthy and positive and you want to keep that childhood immunization schedule up, then what you should do right now is understand that you have a job to do to repair the damage that's been done. You cannot blame Let's assume that, let's assume, because this is, seems to be how the New York Times and uh, Peter Hotez and others are handling this, uh, Farhad. Let's assume that everybody who does not take the vaccines is stupid. Just let's just assume it. You're just dumb. You're an idiot. Okay. Are you going to make that better by not having the discussion and leaving the impression that you don't have an argument? that there is a reason not to trust you. If, are you going to leave all the things that have just happened over the last two years aside? Or are you going to come in and say, I want to do an honest assessment of what we got right and what we got wrong? And it will definitely include an assessment of what we got wrong. It will. We won't even make excuses for it in some cases. We will say we were just wrong, and we've learned yeah. something that we will do differently next time. And if that the only thing I think they learned is that they didn't put the screws on hard enough, soon enough, fast enough. That's what they learned. I, I don't think they believe in any way, shape, or form that they were wrong about any of this. They won't admit it to themselves, and they're they're in an echo chamber, so nobody's actually saying out loud to them. But come on, to the, talk to the rest of the public, if you want to restore uh, science, so, uh, you know, Bill Nye the Science Guy, right? Sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I don't know, probably 15 years ago, 13, 15 years ago, I don't remember the exact year, he came on and d- debated Dwayne Gish, the guy that's the namesake of the Gish Gallup. The Gish Gallup. And they and, and he runs a museum called the Creation Museum that's that's in Kentucky, where they have a life-size, a real-size Noah's Ark out front yep. of the building. Okay? And Dwayne Gish believes that the world was made in f- a little over uh, 6,000 years ago. In six days, right? He's a young, what's called a young earth creationist and Bill Nye. A lot of his friends said, you can't go debate this guy. You're giving him credibility, but Bill went and debated him. And I will tell you that unless you came in a hundred percent convicted that, that Dwayne should win, you didn't come away believing that Dwayne was right. And there wasn't some mass explosion of creationism that followed this event. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, you know, Bill's given him credibility, and now everybody's going to the Creation Museum, and they've all signed up, and they all believe creationism. Now, that didn't happen. I actually think that you can defang Bobby Kennedy if you're right. The question is, are you? I suspect they're not, which is why I suspect they're not taking up the debate. I suspect that Peter Hotez is much more like the the satirical fun we just had with him. I mean, underneath that satire is 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 a line of truth about how he handled things, how yes. he approached this, how how he does science.
0: This flies. And he doesn't face, want to defend it. This flies in the face of everything that we know works, right? Uh, you had me read a book about uh, called Boyd about John Boyd and the OODA Loop. This is the way that the Defense Department handles stuff now. This is the way that wars are discharged. This is the, this is how we learn from our mistakes and do and adjust and go back and work it better than next time. This, this OODA loop is ingrained in all kinds of business processes from the very simplest ones. Well, the, to The, the uh, OODA loop
1: loops the good part of that. The, the bad part was his, his, his you, you've got two things kind of going on there. I want to make sure yeah, the audience did. can follow it. Right. Uh, he, he was in the Pentagon for a period of time working yep. on building fighter planes. Yep. And he found that he had to make a choice and everybody there did in the building did between having integrity and profiting off of the system. Uh, The Pentagon's the world's largest uh, purchasing department, largest purchasing department ever in the history of the world. This is where I wanted to go, Jim. Thank you. And, and they are, um, routinely thinking about padding and keeping their jobs and whatever, and what the public impression is. Rather than they are about the truth about whether or not the equipment that they're making is effective, it works, it's 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 built you know economically, right? They don't care about any of that stuff. In fact, they don't. Want, they it's not in their interest to make it economic. They want to blow up the price of it because that's how they make favor with the their future employers. Let's be frank about it. They'll go yep. to work for these contractors when these defense contractors when this uh, when their time at the Pentagon's over, um, and they'll come back lobbying for more money themselves or helping to spend more money from the other side of the equation. Uh, this is, this is a, a constant repetitive cycle. And, and I, I, the instinct, the instinct of the people who are in the state, the instinct of people who are in a position where they have to appeal to people pop popularly is to never admit you're wrong. Yes. Do you remember the, the, uh, when Dick Cheney shot his friend in the face on a hunting trip? Right, right. Okay. Oh my gosh. He was probably three sheets to the wind. Like exactly. he, okay. But he shot a donor in the face and there was a satire that, uh, the daily show did the next day. It was the best thing they ever did. And it wouldn't be as funny now cause you'd have to have the full picture and context, but they basically had people on the spot reporters saying that, uh, the vice president wasn't going to admit he did anything wrong. Cause that would be a sign of weakness. That was the, that was the humor behind the bit was this repeated, like, no, we didn't do anything wrong. He meant to shoot his friend in the face. Right. We, you know, we did accomplish victory in Iraq. Right. This is the yep. same thing all over again. So I don't, this isn't one party that does this. This is the constant pattern of this institution. This is the MO it, of government in America. And Peter Hotez was on that train. He was riding along. He was enjoying the celebrity. He was getting out of the deal. He was selling more books by doing it. This is. And so now he's being called upon. Uh, by the way, he's claiming he's been uh, a death threat. I I. This might be the beginning of the Jussie Smollett of the vaccine uh, pro vaccine movement. I, 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 I I so doubt, I so doubt that that actually happened. I really, really doubt it. He had one person show up with a camera asking him questions that is outside his home, outside his gate. He was able to lock that guy out there. There's no, the guy didn't even cross the line. I, I, you might not have liked it. Might not have been convenient that somebody shows up at your house, but Going from there to saying you've received death threats, it just didn't happen. I'm sorry. Not gonna most happen. people,
0: most Americans didn't know this name until this past week. Peter Hotez? Yeah. But we've seen him. I mean, he's been out there, but yes. I'm, I'm but with if he
1: believes in this and he wants to restore public confidence and vaccines, then he's being given the golden opportunity. He's being given the golden ticket. And he should take it. He should take it. And our show has all along, one of the things that keeps coming up as a sub theme to it is, and we've called it having a glass of lemonade on the porch, but it is about sitting down and talking with people with whom you disagree. That keeps coming up. It's not what we're about. Okay. I want to be clear. We're about something bigger than that. But this tactic ends up being the one that we end up talking about the most. Just having a conversation. We should be having a conversation. And I will tell you that it isn't just on this subject. There are so many things where experts have told us things where they've turned out to be wrong. And almost everybody in earshot of me has had a a medical experience like that or a legal experience like that or some other related experience like that. We have also watched our government sell influence and do things like the food pyramid. Um, uh, The FDA has approved drugs that subsequently ended up Being needing to be recalled. Um, In this particular case, one of the things I know Bobby Kennedy's going to argue is that they didn't do the testing. They cheated on the testing of the vaccines. I mean, there's massive levels of cheating. the, The rigor that's normally required was completely thrown out the window. And I'm not saying a little bit, like there's things that they do specifically to improve the results in the way that they structure the tests that you would have a harder time getting away with doing under normal circumstances. And, they, and then they didn't tell us that they did those things. They told us we were safe. And that anybody who didn't take it was a bad guy. We'll deal with that in another day. I don't want to get into that today. I just, I want to say that this, if you actually believe yourself, Peter Hotez, you have to say yes to this debate. And for everyone in earshot, if you, if you, I don't care which side you're on, if you're on the side that says, wait a minute, we have too much vaccine, hesitancy, too much misinformation. Here's a chance to put something up that clears the record and kicks the other side's butt once and for all. And if you're on this, but there's a whole nation full of people who are waiting for an apology. They're waiting for some acknowledgement that from official quarters that they were right. And for that reason, I think this would actually be a healing moment if both of these men would come and sit down. I'll tell you what I don't think will happen, Bill. I don't think they're going to get violent with each other. I don't think these two men are going to get them and start slugging it out. I think the only thing that can come out of this debate is more discussion. And the more discussion that we have of, of a rational nature, and that's what's being proposed here, then the quicker we can get to social healing
0: in this country.